Amen. You know, while we were singing, woo, it's, it's like if you can't get excited during praise and worship here, like get excited, guys, because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> but um, I love that song. It was like, don't you love it when you come to church and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like my favorite song. And the next one is like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite song. <laughs> but really, I love the beauty. Uh, he, how's it go? <laughs> my favorite song. <laughs> You know, he goes, beauty for ashes, dum, 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 dum. I love that part. But, and then when it talks about how he's the only one that can. He's the only one that can. He's the only one that can. What we can't do for ourselves, amen? He's the only one who can. And not only can he, but he has. He's won the victory for you. He's redeemed you. He is the God of restoration. He is the God of hope. And it just came up in my heart that when we do what only we can do, because, hey, there are some things where the ball is in our court. Amen? You know, not even your mama can make you speak the word of God. Not even, no, not even God can make you. He's not going to force you to rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice to go ahead. Your victory is in your voice. Amen? It's up to us. It's our choice to go ahead and say, I'm not going to be depressed. I will not be discouraged to rise up with the spirit of faith, which is the spirit of victory. Amen. We have the spirit of faith. We have that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And, you know, if, G if that spirit could raise Jesus from the dead, when it looked like all hope was gone, if there was ever a seemingly hopeless situation in life, it was when Jesus, you know, there he was on the, on the cross, and, you know, the disciples thought it was over. You know, darkness covered the earth, and, and there he was in the grave on that first day. And on that second day, the devil, you know, he was probably having a party. He was thinking he's winning. But on that third day, who aren't you thankful that there is a third day? Aren't you thankful that wasn't the end of the story? The grave wasn't the end of the story, amen? But on that third day... He busted that grave wide open. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Amen. Woo, victory has been won for us. And it's like the Bible says, though the righteous man falls seven times. You know what? That's not the end of the story. Though you might, might have fallen down in the past, maybe you're here tonight and you feel a little bit fallen down. You feel like, like uh, you're at the end uh, of the road you feel like you're on the bottom of the barrel, guess what? This is not the end of your story. If it's not in victory right now, that's just not the end. That's not the end. You can keep on going forward. Though the righteous man falls seven times, the Bible says, you shall arise. Not you might arise. Not you might get up. No, you shall arise. It's that same spirit. Everyone say same spirit. Same spirit. I like participation. That same spirit. That raised Jesus from the dead. Who, not a different one. That very same one. That life-giving, quickening. The Holy Spirit. He's your strengthener. He's your helper. He's your guide on the inside. He's your advocate. He's your intercessor. He's your standby. Amen. He's standing by. Just waiting to help. Amen. 
Whew, we've got the goods. Greater is he that's within you. Amen. He's the greater one. He's within you. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I like that word hope because Bible hope is confident, joyful expectation of good. He wants you to be full of some expectation. Like Miss Christie was talking about where there is no vision. What happens? The people perish. What does that mean to perish, to die? It's like, wow, thanks, God. That's a really encouraging verse. <laughs> but, you know, if, if that's true, which it is, well, then the reverse is true. Amen? So what happens when there is vision? That means you're going to flourish. Whew, you're going to thrive. You're going to increase. You're going to rise above. Amen? This is not the end of the road. This is not the end of the story. He's the only one who can. He will take the very thing. Not, not a different thing. No, the very thing that the enemy meant for evil, that the enemy would have hoped would have been your end and been your destruction. He will take that very thing, touch it by his grace, turn it around for your good, make it actually a, catap- a catalyst to propel you forward in life. Amen? That very thing that once brought so much shame, God can redeem the time. He'll restore the years. He'll make up for the losses. Amen? Though the righteous man falls seven times, you shall arise. You got the spirit of victory within you. You got the spirit of the living God within you. Amen. You're one spirit with him. So, you know, if we will go ahead and do what only we can do, what is that? Go ahead, take this step of faith to open up your mouth. Go ahead, speak, and remember your victory is in your voice. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says we have that same, what, spirit of faith. That same spirit of faith. Again, the spirit of faith, it's the spirit of victory. It's the spirit of an overcomer. And what does faith do? We believe. How do we get saved? We believe in our heart and then what? Confess with our mouth. So we believe in our heart and we speak with our mouth. Amen. And, you know, if you want to believe something more, you can go ahead and speak it more. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And who better to hear the word of God than it coming out of your own mouth? Amen. You can be your own best cheerleader. You can go ahead and, and prophesy in your life to speak life to that vision. Speak life to those dreams. Speak life. You know what? When everything looks like it's crashing and pressing in against you, when, you know, when the pressure is pressing in against you, go ahead, press into the presence of God. Amen? Be like the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. She, come, wait, she went on and she spoke. If I just touch Jesus, everything's going to change. He can do what doctors couldn't do for me. He could do what I couldn't do for myself. He could do what the passing of time can it do amen one moment with Jesus like it forever changed her life can forever change our life one word from him amen and she pressed through the crowd and she touched him and you know you know his word this is Jesus was the word made flesh amen so go ahead there is power in the word of God, there's power. And you get, there's, um, when you speak the word of God, God's word in your mouth, it's just as powerful as God's word in his mouth, amen? So when the pressure to quit presses in against you, go ahead and press into the presence of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God, amen? Speak the word of God. You've been given the armor of God. Ephesians 6, it says to be strong, Ephesians 6.10. Be strong. And that wasn't like a good suggestion. That was a commandment. To be strong. 
And so you need, sometimes we just need to look at ourselves and say, be strengthened in Jesus' name. You can speak to yourself. You say, be strengthened. Be encouraged. Be enlightened in Jesus' name. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To draw, to draw your strength from that union in him. Amen? And it says uh, in the Bible to, and that's always a safe thing to say if you forget the scripture, in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> It's like Psalms or Isaiah, somewhere, you know, in the Old Testament. <laughs> but it says that with joy, you draw water from the wells of salvation. Who, how? With joy. With joy. With joy. I loved what Miss Christie was saying that, you know, that when she was talking about how we just need to tell ourselves to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will do what? I will rejoice. Make the choice to rejoice. Make the choice to rejoice. So if we will do what only we can do, we choose to rejoice. We choose to open up our mouth and speak the word of God. God will do what only he can do. God will do what only he can do. He's the healer, amen? He's the restorer. He's the redeemer. And he makes all things brand new. Ooh, there's victory for us, Amen. There's victory for us. There's joy for us. There's freedom for us. And so I had, if you can't tell, I had a lot of different things on my heart for, for the service tonight. And even as I uh, was praying and preparing, um, I loved that the service uh, last night with the, that was so good. I loved it. And the graphic that Tori made, this is just an awesome family. I love them, if you can't tell. <laughs> but, um, you know, talking about not being a fruit loop or how to, the fruitful loop, not a fruit loop. And, you know, one thing that was in my heart, actually, because I just went to a conference, and I wanted to share this with you because, okay, we're the family of God, so you guys are my sisters. And, you know, I believe in being transparent. I believe that transparency, you know, that, that when you have people in your community, it's good to be able to have those sisters that we're stronger together. Amen? And sometimes, you know, if there's not transparency, we can tend to think, oh, no one ever struggles with the things that I struggle with. And we can get this false perception that, hey, what's the matter with me? Because the enemy, he roams around like a lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. He's always looking for a way in. And, but we can shut the door to the devil. Amen? And you shut the door to the devil by opening your mouth and speaking the word of God. But there I was just recently at a women's conference. And um, there was a message that just really, really, I mean, uh, I was telling Miss Amy, like, I never had to have so many tissues in my pocket. <laughs> Someone threw me a tissue box. I'm like, what is the matter with me right now? But um, anyways, uh, the minister, she, I love the illustration. And it goes along with that loop. And it's just been so strong in my heart. Because uh, she's a missionary right now in England. And she was talking about those roundabouts and I think that you guys aren't you getting like new roundabouts I think I saw that okay <laughs> so uh, on my tour of Idaho from the airport <laughs> but um so you know on a roundabout like they can be pretty confusing and <laughs> I I mean I just feel like it's hard enough to drive in a straight line so these roundabouts <laughs> these oh my gosh one time I was in India because I do a lot of traveling too and someone was trying to teach me how to drive their motorcycle and that was not a good idea 
<laughs> because I went great when I went straight, but the moment I tried to turn, I was on that thing for like 30 seconds and I crashed into a fence. <laughs> I felt so bad, but it was fine and I was okay, but I cared more about the motorcycle. It was, it was in good shape, so that was good. <laughs> but anyways, she was talking about that same idea of that looping. And just that roundabout, that sometimes we can get stuck circling something year after year, however, however long it might be for you. Or maybe, you know, it's just been something that you know that you shouldn't continue to circle this, but here you are. Maybe it's like each season you find yourself, uh, oh, when it gets that time of year, you know, depression sets in. Or... Um, or maybe it's just the passing of time because something didn't happen before. And, but here's the thing. Just because time has passed, that doesn't mean your time has passed. Amen? But the enemy will so often try to use the disappointments of the past and the passing of time to say it's too late. It's over. And it's just this continual loop. There you are on that roundabout. And the speaker was talking about how, you know, we're supposed to get off at the right exit. But the enemy would just want us, you know, to wasting time because the thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But why did Jesus come? He came to give us life and life in abundance, life to the full till it overflows. Amen? So, and, so we're not, Jesus didn't come just for us to exist. That would, going around that roundabout, having that fruit loop year after year, that would just be existing. But Jesus came that you may, may truly live. And live with a vision. And live with a purpose. Amen? Because what we receive here, it's not just for us. It's, we're, living, we're learning to live this life of victory. Why? So we can bring victory to others. We can bring freedom to others. Amen? The race God has for you, it's not just about ourselves. No, it's about the other people that we're reaching. Amen? It's about him and it's about them, about the people. Amen? But the enemy wants us stuck. Because that's not, if we're just stuck going round and round, you know, he's after that effectiveness. He's after that vision. He's after that call. And I'll be really honest and I'll be really transparent that I found myself on one of those roundabouts. But then when I heard the word of the Lord, how in Deuteronomy, it says, you have been circling that mountain long enough. You've been circling that mountain long enough. And I don't know what that mountain might be for you tonight. For me... It was a relationship that I knew it was time that wasn't the right way for me. I don't know what it might be for you. But you know what? I believe some of you actually do know <laughs> that there has been unction. There has been light there. But sometimes we can say, oh, you, we, can, we can push it aside. We can push it aside. Why? Because there is um, some comfort and familiarity. And there is, um, you know, we can just feel comfortable in that place. But I believe that even as the seasons have changed in the natural, I believe that there is a shift in the spirit right now. I believe that there is a changing of seasons even in the realm of the spirit. And this is a divine opportunity for us to get off of the roundabout, off of circling that mountain time after time again and again. It's time to take the right exit because you have an unction from the Holy One. You you know all things. And just like, you know, there Peter was, there's a lot of people in the boat, but only one cried out when he saw Jesus walking on the water. And he said, Master, if that's you, tell me to come. I'll go ahead and come. And the moment he spoke the word, Peter stepped out, not just on the water, he 
stepped out on the word of Jesus. Amen. He stepped out on the words of Jesus. And you know, miracles don't happen inside of the boat. Miracles don't happen in the roundabout. Miracles don't happen circling that mountain. Well, you know, the, uh, the fullness of life God has for you isn't going round and round and round. It's time to step out of the boat. Step out. What does that mean? Whatever God's telling you. I believe for some of us tonight, he's saying it's time to be done with that shame. It's time to be done with the regrets of the past. It's time <laughs> to be done with that already. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. You know, God, again, this is a commandment. He said, do not remember the former things. Do not remember the former things. Out of everything God could have said, he said, do not remember the former things. One translation says, quit going over old history. Forget it already. Quit going over old history. And then in verse 19, he said, behold, I am doing a brand new thing. He said, I am doing a brand new thing. He said, it's already begun. And then he says, now it springs forth. Woo, everyone say now. Now. It's a new season. And we can't enter that new season holding on to the old. I mean, I'm a, like a major tree hugger. <laughs> I love nature. I love traveling. I love all that good stuff. And um, I was thinking about how the trees, you know, because we don't really have fall in Florida, if you didn't know that, I'm from Miami. So we don't really, that's not like a thing. Like the only time that we have fall as a kid, it was like when we'd hide in the, in the house from the hurricane and then we'd come back out and all the leaves were on the ground. It's like, it's fall. <laughs> so then, you know, because like I would just see it in movies that you're supposed to make piles. So I'm like, let's make piles and, and jump in these tiny little crunchy piles. But that was my fall. <laughs> and, but I love getting to see other places where there's actually fall but you know one of the reasons that the leaves you know drop that the trees drop their leaves you know they're making room for the new making room for that new fresh start that new growth new growth amen and it's also a way of strengthening the trees and there's God's grace however he leads however he directs there is grace within his direction the grace of God the strength of God, the anointing to do what we couldn't do on our own. Amen? But it's up to us. Are you going to step out? Get off of that loop. Amen? It's time to go forward. Like Exodus 14. Look, we can open up the Bible. Wow. <laughs> Exodus 14. If you want to look there. Anyone else have like works in their Bible? This is a card someone made me. She's so sweet. <laughs> I also have a coloring page from another kid from Egypt, but okay. So Exodus 14, um, let's see, right here. Let's look at verse 13. Moses told the people, fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed. You know, where he's saying right there to be firm, to be confident. It reminds me of what Jesus told us. He said, you know what, in this world, you're going to have trials you're going to have tribulations. Aren't you happy that wasn't the end of the verse? He wasn't like, all right, peace out, bye, good luck down there. <laughs> no, like, that wasn't the end of the verse. He said, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. But then he said, but be of good cheer. The Amplified says to be confident, to be certain, 
to be undaunted, to be immovable, amen? He said, why? Because I've overcome the world for you. And right here, to be firm in the faithfulness of God, amen? And, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. And I love this. He said, for the Egyptians you have seen today, what's the rest of it? You will never see again. The Egyptians you have seen today. So what could that be in our own life? Let's look at this practically in our life. Like we said, it could be the depression of the past. That's going to remain a thing of the past. Amen? Even if it was five minutes ago. Nope, that's in the past. You're a new creation. Amen? It's a new day. This is a new moment. This is a fresh start. We're letting go of the old. We're making room for the new. We're going into a new season. Amen? It's a new season. It's a new time. It's a season of strength. It's a season of victory. It's a season of fruitfulness. Amen? Woo, greater fruitfulness than ever before. It's a season of being led by the Holy Spirit. It's a season of praying and being strong, stirring up the gift of God within you. A season of letting go and going forward. Amen? He said right there, for the Egyptians you have seen today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Woo! And he always wins. Amen? And he always causes you to win. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Come on, it's time to do something. Tell the people of Israel to do what? To go forward. We're going to let it go. I had confetti. Actually, I do have confetti with me, but I'll spare you guys. Sometimes I go, let it go. <laughs> but, I mean, I already had a tutu on. I'm like, let's forget the confetti. But, but um, you know, we have to let it go and go forward. And the miracle, you know, they didn't wait for the miracle to happen. So it's when they took that step. That's when the Red Sea parted. It was like being in between, you know, a rock and a hard place. They had crazy Egyptians running behind them, chasing them. They had a Red Sea in front of them, and they could be like, hey, God, do you know what we're up against right now? <laughs> and sometimes we can feel like that in life. But the moment, you know, God always says, no, go forward. Go forward. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep rejoicing. Keep making the choice to rejoice. Keep speaking victory. Keep speaking freedom. Amen? Every time you do that. Who you're putting one foot in front of the other. We have that spirit of faith, that spirit of victory. We believe, therefore we speak. It's like you're taking another step. You believe, therefore you speak. You're taking another step. And his word is the light that will lead you out. Amen? His word is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's time to go forward. It's time to go forward. Everyone say, it's time to go forward. Ooh, it's time to go forward. And just like Isaiah 43, you know, out of everything God could have said, he said, do not remember the former things. It reminds me of Lot and his wife. You know, when they were escaping Sodom and Gomorrah, what was the one thing <laughs> out of everything they could have said? You know, God had the angel of the Lord said, do not look back. Do not look back. Because what you behold, you will become in life. What you're constantly looking at, and you know, uh, Lot's wife, unfortunately, she lost her future. How? By looking back. She lost, her past was able to paralyze her right there. But if we will do what the word of God says, to look away, like Hebrews 12 says, to look away from all that distracts and look into Jesus. Look unto Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our race. Amen. Of our faith. And right here, you might be wondering why I have this. 
Well, it's like my Mary Poppins bag, so hold on. Woohoo! <laughs> Look what I got! <laughs> but I like to bring this with me a lot of times because, okay, what is this? What is it, guys? Yeah, you guys are smart, okay. <laughs> um, sometimes you do have to ask because, uh, especially I go overseas a lot and they're not always sure. And then I talk about the Olympics and they know. But, <laughs> but um, anyways, so with this running baton, you know, um, how many of you ran maybe in high school or college or still like to run today? Okay, we got a lot of runners. And I ran a little bit in, in school as well. And I love the Olympics. I love watching all that. And the moment that baton gets in someone's hand, what happens? They take off with everything within them. They've got their eyes on the prize. They're taking off. And, you know, um, something that coaches will say a lot of times, that if you're going to run, they say, don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Why? That's going to slow you down in the race. How much more so in life? We can't be comparing ourselves with other people. Amen? For the, the body of Christ, we need to celebrate other people. Celebrate them. You know, their win is our win. Amen. We're on the same team. We're on the same side. And so we can celebrate other people, but ne never, ever comparing ourselves. And another thing that runners are always told is not to look back. Don't look back. Because if you look back, even if you hear someone coming up against you, if you, if you look back, it's going to slow you down in the race. It's going to make you, you know, able to stumble, to fall. And another thing is when you're running a race, have you ever seen someone be like, okay, this is a good day to, like, load myself down right now. I'm going to run a race. Let's put some weights on us. Like, absolutely not. You know, what do they do? They actually strip everything off because if you have all these weights on, if you have all this baggage on, it's going to slow you down in the race. Ask me how I know. Everywhere I travel, I'm trying to get better. It's a new season. But, but Miss Amy, is it right? Like, I went way. I'm like, why did I do this? I brought so many clothes with me. <laughs> like, I don't even understand why I did this. I guess because I had to escape Florida really fast. That's what I am blaming the situation on because I took a much earlier flight at 5.30 in the morning an extra day. So I'm just throwing everything in there. And I go to Washington and Oregon after this. So that's my excuse. It's not just Idaho, okay? <laughs> but, you know, when you have a lot of stuff with you, it can slow you down. You know, it can, it can burden you. And Jesus said, if there's anyone weary, if there's anyone overburdened. So what could this represent in our life? Maybe this could be, you know, even that loop, whatever it might be. That burden, that heaviness. You know, the Bible says that he's given you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Aren't you glad? Whew, he has the solution. But, you know, whatever this might be in your life. And for me, I want to share my testimony really quickly. That um, So I know we even had the trivia question. So you guys know that um, I grew up, you know, in a ministry family, loving Jesus my whole life. And I was 15 when I started preaching. I thought the trivia question was going to, I heard it at first, and I thought they were asking, how old is she? But so if you're here, I'm 31, but I'm like, I liked the other question better. Not 18, I was going to say that, but no, sadly not. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I grew up, you know, loving Jesus my whole life. As a teenager, that's when the Lord really spoke to my heart that I knew I was called to go to the nations, called to preach the gospel. And I'd love to say we're never too young to be used by God. And thank God we're also never too old to be used by God. But if you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose. God has a baton in your hand. Amen. And it's a new time. It's a new season. But there I was, you know, I was running the race. As, you know, even a young person, I was running the race that God had for me. 
But here's the thing. The enemy, he's not just going to sit back and cheer you on and be like, wow, God has a purpose for you and just cheer you on. No, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's always looking for a way in. Why? Because he's afraid of that purpose. He's afraid of that vision. He's afraid of that destiny that belongs to you. Amen? But so, you know, the details of my story, they're going to be different from the details of yours, but the answer is always the same. Amen? But what ended up happening in my life, there I was, I went to Bible school, and at a pretty young age, I ended up getting married, and then I went through a really difficult divorce. And, you know, after that divorce, I've got something else in here. Hold on like my goodie bag. (laughs) But, um, you know, after that divorce, I just felt so stuck and so labeled in the, um, just in the situation that I was in. You know, I found myself so hopeless, found myself, I I thought, you know, how could God, uh, you know, love me now? How, How could God have a future for me? How could God ever use me? Why? Because I felt so labeled by being divorced. And, you know, in the same way tonight, You could be sitting here and maybe you feel labeled by your past. Maybe because of, uh, maybe even your own failures, own uh, sin, or maybe because of what other people have done to you or said about you, the words of other people, whatever it might be in your life. The enemy would try to label you according to your past and say that you're damaged goods. Or maybe the same lie that he spoke to me, that, that you're broken, that you're damaged goods, that maybe he just, and sometimes it's not the huge, major life changes that we go through. Sometimes it's the small foxes that can spoil the vine, whatever it might be in your life, of him constantly nagging, saying you're not enough, that you're not good enough, whatever it might be. Maybe he'll try to make you feel um, unvaluable or replaceable, and he's just sticking these labels. Maybe it's the label of depression, the label of hopelessness, the label of feeling alone or forsaken, whatever that might be in your life. But there I was after being divorced, you know, and at one point I knew God had a call on my life. I knew that God, you know, had a purpose for me. But the moment I went through that trial, it's like all that strength for living, all that passion for living, all that vision was completely depleted out of me. And I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't see the vision that God had for me. I didn't have any sense of purpose for my life. So there I was, I was just dwindling down in this realm of hopelessness and despair. Because, you know, when you listen to one lie of the enemy, did you know the second lie comes a lot easier? (laughs) He's roaming around like a lion, and it's like that door, we all came through a door. Well, imagine if there was just a little crack, and if you wedge your way through that crack, what happens? The opening becomes larger. It makes way for greater access. Well, in the same way, when we entertain the lives of the enemy, we're just opening up the door more and more, and he's just wanting to spiral us down into this pit of hopelessness and despair. But aren't you thankful that Jesus has hope for the hopeless? Aren't you thankful that Jesus has called us out of the pit? Amen? He's not afraid of the pit. He's not afraid of the trial. It's like at 1 Corinthians, it talks about how that there's nothing in our life, no temptation, no trial is beyond human resistance. If something is, if you're facing something in your life, be encouraged today. If you're facing a trial in your life today, be encouraged and know that God would not allow you to even face that thing if you didn't have the power to overcome it. Amen. God didn't cause that thing. No, God's a good God. He's a faithful God. But he'll take the very thing the enemy meant for evil 
and he'll turn it around for good. He'll turn it around for good. But we don't stay there. We don't stay falling down. We don't stay in that pit. Amen? Though the righteous man falls seven times, you shall arise. You can get back up again. And really quickly, you know, the way that God did that in my life, actually, there I was. I was in India. It was like the first missions trip I was on since everything had happened. Some time had passed. Some, some, healing, had taken, some healing had taken place. But I found myself still looping, still looping that mountain, still going around feeling, you know, uh, like damaged goods, feeling like there was no more point to my life. And like Miss Amy said, you know, I was in a very suicidal place. I was in a very, uh, just a hopeless pit of thinking I was very serious about ending my life. I was right there on the verge of ending it all, even on a missions trip, seeing amazing things happening all around me, but being tormented on the inside. And here's the thing. Sometimes we can become really good at hiding a lot of pain. Sometimes we can be really good at throwing a filter on something or, or using a band-aid of a smile to hide a lot of pain. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't die on the cross. He wasn't raised from the dead just for us to learn to live with something, learn to cope with it, learn to, you know, just carry that burden. No, Jesus doesn't want us just hiding that burden and hiding that shame. No, we can bring it to the light, amen, and he redeems us and he calls us out. He's the healer of the brokenhearted. And we don't have to try to hide pain with a smile. No, he has real joy for us, everlasting joy. So there I was in India, and if you want to know the rest, just get my book. No, but there I was in India, and maybe I should, no. But there I was, and I woke up one morning, and here's another just beautiful picture of how we need each other. We need our sisters in Christ. And a beautiful sister in Christ, on the other side of the world, she texted me, and she said, God gave me a dream about you. And, you know, here's the thing. If you ever want God to speak to you, just open up your Bible. God will speak to you. Amen? But sometimes God does choose to use things like a dream, but we base it all upon the word of God. And this dream was straight from God. And she texted me the details of the dream. So I woke up. I'm reading this message. And she said how we were walking somewhere when all of a sudden this man came up to us. He knew about everything I'd gone through. He knew about my struggle to want to move forward, of feeling stuck. He knew that I was about to end my life. He knew my struggle to forgive others. And also sometimes the most important person we have to forgive is also ourselves. Amen. He knew that I was struggling with all of this, right on the verge of ending it all. But then he stopped, he smiled, he looked at me, and he spoke these words. He said, she will not be remembered for that. She will not be remembered for that. And just said it again, she will not be remembered for that. So I just woke up. It takes me a long time to get ready. I'm supposed to be getting ready, but I'm like, forget that. <laughs> so I'm breathing this message, and the presence of God just rushed into my hotel room. And I began to hear and picture Jesus with that same smile on his face, compassion in his eyes, with his arms wide open, saying, you will not be remembered for that. You will not be remembered for that. You will not be remembered for that. And you know, whatever that might be in your life, it's over. It's done. Amen. We don't have to 
keep going over that loop. We don't have to keep circling that mountain. We can forget the old because God is doing a brand new thing. And it was within that moment that I just heard so strongly in my heart, it's time to have more faith and more confidence and more reliance upon the blood of Jesus, the price that was paid for us, than we do in the failures of our past, than we do in the trial. Your identity is not in the struggle. Amen. Our identity is not what happened to us or what we did. That is not your identity. That is not who you are. Amen. You are a brand new creation washed by the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? And that's how we overcome. You know, Revelation says that we overcome how? By the blood of the Lamb. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? We need the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. But that's not the end of the verse. It says, and by the word of your testimony, your victory is in your voice. Amen? Your victory is in your voice. We need to say what the blood of Jesus has done for us. We need to say what Jesus has done for us. There's victory in your voice. So the moment I heard those words, I knew I couldn't just hear that from Jesus. I had to say it out loud. And here's the thing, the best time to speak God's word, the best time to rejoice. Do you want to know when it is? It's when we least feel like it. (laughs) Our flesh doesn't like that answer, but that's the best time to do it, when you least feel like it. And I didn't feel like that. I didn't look like that. I mean, I didn't even want to look at myself in the mirror. I actually hated myself. I didn't see any hope for my future. But I closed my eyes and I began to say, I will not be remembered for that. I will not be remembered for that. And the more you speak God's word, that's how you rip off the labels of the past. Amen. That's how you let go of every weight. Come unto Jesus. He said, if anyone's weary, if anyone's overburdened, come Come unto me. I'll give you rest. I'll ease. I'll relieve. I'll refresh your souls. One translation, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says, I'll give you a permanent vacation of rest for your souls. I like vacation. He'll give you a permanent. You don't even have to go to Hawaii and do that beautiful hula dance to have a vacation of rest for your souls. You speak the word of God. Amen. And that's how when the enemy tries to say that you're damaged goods, no, you open up your mouth and you say, I am a brand new creation. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I'm innocent. I'm free. I'm made new. We have to do that. Amen. We have to open up our mouth. When he tries to say that you're not enough, you say, I'm complete in Christ. He's complete in me. I'm one spirit with him. we got to stir up ourselves. That's how we live in power. Amen. We need to speak the word of God. You've been given the sword of the spirit. Why? To sit back and do nothing? No, but to open up your mouth. Where's where's these labels? (laughs) Where? (laughs) On my butt? What? (laughs) Okay, there it is. Okay, when he tries to say that you're not valuable, no one cares about you, go ahead and say, God loves me. I'm not alone. I'm not, when he tries to say you're forsaken, you're abandoned, say, no, God is on my side. Even if my mother and my father forsake me, God is with me. God is on my side. Amen. So we erase. It's time to let go of the old. It's a new season. It's a new time. And what do we do? We make room for the new. He calls you by a new name. And he says, that, yeah, I know you guys have your name tags too, but he says, you know what? He says, you're called. Amen? He says, you're chosen. You know, you're celebrated by him. You're complete in him. You're not just tolerated. No, you're celebrated. 
You're loved. You're free. You're innocent because of the blood of Jesus. And he's doing a new thing. A new thing in your life. Amen? And I know I, I need to... Um, let you guys sleep, but, <laughs> but, you know, let's just go ahead. I just have it so strongly in my heart right now. Let's just go ahead and lift our hands right now.